If you wanna build a winning team in your business, then it starts by understanding the three principles I'm gonna share with you in this video. Welcome to The Healthpreneur Show. My name is Uriel Kim. If you're a health practitioner or coach looking to build a successful virtual health practice that allows you to help more people, make a lot more money, and enjoy a greater quality of life in the process, then this is the podcast for you to listen to. Let's dive in. Hey guys, what's going on? Uriel Kim here, founder and CEO of Healthpreneur. Welcome to today's topic, which is helping you build a winning team in your business. And listen, the reason this is important is because you can't build anything great by yourself. Now, that's no personal attack against you. It's just think about what businesses have been built that are remarkable by one person or what athletes have achieved the pinnacle of their sport by themselves. Even tennis players have a team around them. So if you want to build a winning team in business, uh, what I'm going to share with you here, I think is going to be very, very helpful. And I think it's going to allow you to buy back a lot of your time. If you want more time back in your life, that's one thing you're going to get from this. Number two, it's going to help you make a lot more money in your business. Number three, it's going to help you help more people in terms of your clients and customers. And then finally, it's going to give meaningful work to the people you employ. I think that's a really great privilege we have as business owners is to give meaningful work to those who work with us. And that's what I'm going to show you uh, how to do uh, partly in this video. Obviously, the, this whole topic of leadership and building great business goes way beyond the scope of just this video. But, you know, at the first uh, as a first stepping stone, I think this will really help you out. So why should you listen to me? Why, 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 why do I have any authority to speak on this? Well, first and foremost, I've been in business since 2006. I built two multiple seven figure companies uh, between the two companies. We employed 50 people. And, you know, currently we run an amazing, I think we run an amazing business at Healthpreneur. And a lot of people talk about our business and our company as having just amazing team members, incredible culture. And I'm very blessed that we, we've, we've built that. Uh, but it's been very intentional. And I want to share what I've been, kind of the way I see this and, and some of the stuff that's worked for us. And if there's a couple things out of this that you can take for you, I think it'll really help you out as well. So there's three principles I want to share with you here. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to share my screen to uh, show you the first one. So the first one here is I'm going to just draw out a triangle diagram here. And the first thing to recognize is understanding what I call the hiring timeline. Now, I'm going to give this in the context of a coaching business because that's the type of businesses that I've built and I help our clients build as well. So if you're watching this and your business is a little bit different, then just take what you can from this in the context of your own business. So what I want to share with you here specifically is how to build your team from the six-figure level to beyond seven figures. Because the reality is most of us can build to six figures by ourselves, right? A six-figure business is $10,000 a month. That's, I mean, it's actually less than that. That's, you can do that by yourself. But, you know, when you're around six figures, you can get there with usually an administrative assistant or a VA or an EA, an executive assistant. And I'm just gonna call this the six-figure level because you can do a lot of this stuff by yourself, right? Or with one other person who's gonna take off some of the basic $10 an hour tasks off of your plates. But this is really where you're gonna be capped. If you've got one assistant, if you've got like a, you know, a social media manager, like one person here and there, like you're going to be capped. Like you can't scale beyond that because let me come back to this in a second. There's three levels 
in the business journey, okay? Number one is sales and marketing. This is something you have to master that's gonna build your business to a point where you can where you can do multiple six figures. The next thing you're gonna to have to figure out is ops, operations, and systems. And the final thing at the top here is gonna be leadership, okay? So what we're really talking about here is everything above the sales and marketing side of things. However, we're gonna come back to sales and marketing because this is something that you're obviously gonna to wanna to hire for, you know, in, uh, in the journey, especially if you're a health professional who may not wanna spend all their time on the sales and marketing stuff. You wanna learn how to hire people around that, right? So first hire for most coaching businesses is gonna be some type of admin. And you're gonna be looking at getting the $10 an hour tasks off your plates. So these are things like posting to Facebook, uh, like make a list of all the things you're doing in your business and all the things that just dry, like drain your energy. And most of those things are gonna be 10 to $20 an hour tasks. You don't need to do those things, right? You've got more value to bring to the world than admin and basic stuff like that. So the next level up, there's a couple levels beyond this, okay? So when you've, when you've hired that admin person, we're gonna, start about, we're gonna start talking about the hiring timeline here, then we're gonna get into like the actual culture and team stuff in a moment. I think the next hire, really for most coaching businesses, is gonna be on the sales side because sales is gonna free up a tremendous amount of your time. If you're taking discovery calls or enrollment calls or sales calls, that, that can take up a huge number of hours on a daily basis. As soon as you have one or two other people doing that for you, you have just bought back a tremendous amount of time and freedom in your life. Now, you can't just hire someone and then let them do their thing. You have to coach and train them, but it's gonna be 10%, 5% of your time compared to what you were doing on the phone. When I first started Healthpreneur, I was doing about eight hours a day of sales calls. It was amazing, but it's very draining. So you can't build a business like that. I mean, I built it to multiple six figures just by myself pretty much. But then it's like, you know what? You gotta bring people in to support on the sales side. Hired my first salesperson, trained her, coached her, et cetera, build out our sales team. It's been one of the best things I've ever done in our business, okay? So sales is one of the first things you're gonna to wanna to bring in after that basic level admin person. All right, so next, after we've got the sales dialed in, we're probably gonna need some help on the delivery side. And this is where you're gonna to wanna to bring in some support on the coaching side. So let's say that sales ramps up and you're enrolling clients like at a higher volume than you did before because you now have one or two or more people doing that with you and for you, potentially you've got more people coming into your business as clients. Now, how do you handle all those clients? If you're doing it all by yourself, one-on-one, -on -one, or even in a group setting, it's gonna be very, very exhausting. So we're always balancing the demand generation and sales with delivery. So in this case, if we hire sales first, we're gonna to have to think about you know, supporting the delivery. And if we do it the opposite way, if you have more capacity than you have sales, then you're gonna to wanna to pick up one or the other. So I think hiring a coach, you wanna look at the different aspects of your business to say, where did, like, what is the first coach I need to hire? If you're a nutritionist or a health coach or a health practitioner, you're gonna to wanna to think of, of the coaching I do with my clients, what is the one area that I need the most support with that I can hand off to another coach to take care of. Maybe it's running lab tests and interpreting lab tests. Maybe it's showing the results of findings. Maybe it's accountability and support, keeping people on track. Every business is a little bit different, but you need to really think about what is that first person from a coaching perspective that I can bring in to support the delivery for my clients. 
Okay, so now that we've balanced out the sales and, and, and the delivery, the next piece of the puzzle is going to be one of the following. is going to be marketing or operations. Now, it depends on the nature of the business here. I put marketing or operations because... The reality is this, like if you're a health professional, you probably want to spend most of your time teaching and coaching and getting your message out. That's all marketing, right? The coaching side is more on the delivery, but if you enjoy speaking, creating content, all of that is marketing. So if you delegate your marketing, you have to be very specific about what aspect of the marketing you want to delegate. If you're running Facebook ads, maybe you run all the ads yourself initially, then Once you're at a certain point, you probably want to delegate that to someone else. Maybe it's an internal team member. Maybe you hire an agency. But it's important you have that foundation. The biggest mistake I see in most health businesses is that they're delegating all of their marketing right away. And they have zero foundation for how to put a message together, how to attract clients. And they delegated arguably the most important aspect of their business, which is demand generation. So marketing is huge. Operations depends on the nature of your business. In a coaching business that has one or two main coaching programs, like in Healthpreneur, we've got our our main coaching program, the Health Business Accelerator, and then our Luminaries Mastermind. Operationally, it's a very simple business. There's not a huge number of moving parts. In my health business years ago, it was very complex. Hundreds of products, hundreds of funnels, all sorts of stuff going on. And so we had my brother who ran operations for our company. We needed that position very, like is very important. So you have to really look at your business model because the nature of your business will kind of dictate the operational complexity you have. And the more complex your business is, the tougher it's going to be to scale, et cetera. So anyways, we'll just keep it at that for now. And then the final piece really is going to be the leadership. So this is where, you know, as we're moving up this scale, we're moving to seven and eight figures. And when I say leadership at the top, what I'm saying here is you need to look at developing or hiring people that are maybe even better, probably uh, definitely better than you at a certain level, right? There's people that have done stuff that you haven't done before. They've built businesses that you haven't built. And you want to be hiring these people at some point in the future. At the very minimum, you want to be cultivating these leaders within your organization. The better the leaders are, the more you can build up leaders in your team, the better your business is going to go and grow. So that's the first principles, understanding this hiring timeline. You don't start off by hiring like the director of operations. You don't start off by hiring a director of marketing. You don't have the budget to do that at a six-figure income level, right? When you're generating you know, anywhere from three to $10 million, that's when the leadership team starts to become really important. And so understanding when to hire people and relatively what roles they're gonna play is super important. And again, what I'm sharing with you here is in the context of a coaching business. Okay, so that's the first thing. Second thing we wanna talk about is that great culture is going to cultivate great teams. Now, what I mean by that is a great, what is a great culture? A culture is not something you write down on paper. It's how you how you are. It's just how you show up in the world. It's how you operate your business. And naturally, your culture flows from who you are as a person. So we're gonna come back to that in a couple minutes. But you know, at the very minimum, you need to be clear on your vision. You need to have clearly established core values that should be less than five, not like 20 core values. 
And third, you should have guiding principles in your business. Guiding principles are here are the parameters of how we operate. Here are the ways that we do things. So when you bring people on board, everyone's on the same page. You don't have people coming in doing your marketing who are just like going off on tangents. Clarity of vision is massively important because when you are hiring people, they need to know like, what is what am I getting involved in? You want people that are, are with you because of meaningful work. They're part of something bigger than just the paycheck. If you're attracting people just because of the money or just because they're gonna get paid, you're never gonna build a great team. You're never gonna build a winning team. And you know, like you, you have to build a culture, a sense of purpose around what you do and having clarity of vision, good core values and guiding principles is important. Now it's one thing to write those down, but it's another thing to continually discuss them and show examples of them within your business. So having a good communication rhythm is massively important for a winning team, especially in a virtual remote setting. So if you're not meeting with your team as a whole at least once a week, you're missing the boat. So we have a weekly meeting called the Weekly Sync. We have it every Monday. Our entire team jumps on that meeting, and then we have other you know, departmental meetings and one-on-ones throughout the week. But in that meeting, we talk, we, we, we talk about aspects of our vision. We talk about, we bring core values. We, we, we have four core values in our company, and we, we have every single person read our legacy mission, our core values, and then showing how that shows up. Like, how did, how did we demonstrate uh, our core value of our client's success being our North Star? How did that show up this past week? So we're not just like reading and stating stuff. We're showing how it's applied in our business and how we've lived that. It's really important because you as the founder, as the owner of your business, it's easy for you to remember this stuff. But most people on your team don't, right? They don't care about your business as much as you do unless you cultivate a culture where people take ownership of their roles, no matter how big or small it is. The other thing with respect to this is you know, the purpose of business is to solve problems or help people solve problems at a profit, right? That's why business, businesses exist. But I believe it's important that you have a critical number that supersedes your business's revenue and profit. Because you have a team of however many people, no one cares about revenue and profit like you do. So if you're always talking about how much money you've made, that's great for you. The rest of your team doesn't care. Even if you have a profit sharing program in place, it's still not gonna get them jumping out of bed in the morning. The critical number in your business is the reason why you exist. It's the single number that if you move it up or down is going to indicate that you are doing a good job as a business. At Healthpreneur, our critical number is the number of clients that hit specific status levels, which basically means we have different status levels for revenue that they've generated in their business with our help. And the more clients move up those status levels, the more we know we're doing a good job coaching them and building their businesses. Revenue and profit is secondary to that because the better we do on the critical number, the revenue takes care of itself. If the, re- if the critical number sucks and none of our clients are winning, our revenue and profit is gonna reflect that as well. So think about the one reason you exist in business. And if you were to identify one number that could reflect that in terms of client success, it's got to boil down to one number, okay? Like percentage of clients who X or whatever it is. Like that's got to be one number that you can throw into a scorecard every single week and track like lead generation or anything else. Because when your team all can gather around the fact that, hey, here's why we exist as a business and check this out. This number is moving in the right direction, which means more of our clients are winning or, or whatever that indicates. 
So I think that's super, super important. So again, great culture is how you show up, how you do things, the, the communication you have with your team, all is gonna disseminate this information and needs to be done all the time, not once, not at a, a yearly retreat. It needs to be done every single week. The third principle, and this may be the most important one, is you need to develop yourself as a leader and then over time, those around you as well. We talked about leadership being kind of the top of the pyramid. Your business, the, the speed of growth of your business will be a direct reflection of how you're able to grow leaders in your company. If everyone in your business is just doers, like you tell someone what to do and they do it, that's not a leadership role. They're, they're basically task rabbits. You need to develop people who take ownership of outcomes and that starts with you really building up your leadership acumen. You have to lead yourself first and foremost before you can lead anyone else. How do you lead yourself? Well, it starts off with basic things like integrity, being disciplined. However you want to live your life, however you want your business to show up in the world, you need to live that. So if you want to have a business that has solid core values, you need to live those. And a lot of times core values are a reflection of who you are anyways, not who you want to be, but who you are. And you know, you have to lead yourself first and foremost. That's the number one thing when it comes to leadership. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO or janitor or a coach or any as, you know, anything, any aspect of the business. First and foremost, you need to lead yourself, right? Take care of your time, how, lead, how you lead yourself, how you take care of yourself, how you feed your mind, because your business will only grow to the extent that you do. All business growth comes after personal growth. Second thing when it comes to your position as the leader in your business, I don't like the word CEO, Chief Executive Officer. What does an executive do? It means nothing to me. I think the leader of the business should be the CCO, the Chief Communication Officer. The bigger your organization gets, the more you need to communicate with everyone on the team, okay? And there's a lot of ways you can do that, but the, the worst thing you can do and this also goes to your client base, right? Those CEOs, right, the CEOs who are completely disconnected from their client base or customer base or their market are no longer in touch So with, with what they're doing, right? They've just lost touch with who they're serving. So the more time you can spend communicating, being present with the people you serve, but also your team, I think that's super, super important. Leadership is not a one-size-fits-all thing. There's so many different ways of doing this. And I think there's a lot of good books out there you know, whether it's uh, John Wooden, who is, you know, the winningest, winningest basketball coach of all time in the NCAA, won 10 NCAA championships with the UCLA Bruins, just a remarkable man, remarkable coach, and amazing lessons on leadership. John Maxwell has some amazing stuff. Brené Brown, there's tons of great things you can learn from all these amazing leaders. And um, just do what you can to just continually better yourself. When it comes to leading people, you can't lead people if you don't know who they are. And this is something that I've had to really think about and, and, and do a better job of because I'm very task-oriented. I'm less people-oriented. And as I've developed in my leadership role, I've really had to be aware of that because it's very easy for me to throw my headphones on and do stuff. I have to pull myself out of that and connect with my team to show them that I care. If I've got people locally, hey, let's go for a hike. Let's meet up for a coffee. Get to know your people. Show them that you care. 
as, as, as an individual, right? Not even as a team member or an employee. The more you show that you care for them, the more they will go to bat for you every single day of the week. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean going out to lunch or coffee with them, but it could be sending them, you know, little notes, hey, just you know, expression of gratitude, a thank you card, a little memo here and there. It definitely goes a long way. People want to feel recognized and appreciated more than what they're getting paid, right? It's not just about the paycheck. It's about feeling acknowledged and appreciated. And I think that's super important. And the final thing I'll mention about kind of developing yourself as a leader is help your people become the best they can be. If they ever leave your company, which will eventually happen, your goal should be like, great, but they should leave better than when they came in. And I think that's awesome because if someone has a better opportunity somewhere else eventually, right? Or like, you know, people come into your life for a season, if they can leave better off for having worked with you, that's really awesome, right? Because you've, you've touched them in a way where it's more than just a job. Maybe you've been a mentor to them or a coach to them and you've left a really meaningful imprint. I think that's a really, really great privilege to have as a business owner. So those are three principles I think are really critical to building a winning team in business because it's not just about the revenue. It's not just about doing the work. It's about having people who will do what's called discretionary work, who will go above and beyond their you know, their time slots, who will go above and beyond their pay to do things for the greater good of the company because they believe in what they're doing and what the whole company is doing. And that starts with you as the leader. So number one, as we talked about, is understanding the hiring timeline. Number two is that a great culture cultivates great teams. And number three is to develop yourself as a leader. Develop your leadership skills because it is a skill that can be learned. You don't have to be born with it. Not everyone's a natural born leader, but it can definitely be learned and developed. Cool. So that is that for today's lesson. I hope you've enjoyed this one. If you have, if you have, if you have, remember to subscribe to the channel and check out any of our other videos coming up next, which uh, relate to success in business mindset and building a great team. Thank you so much for your time and attention. I'm Yuri. I'll see you soon. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Healthpreneur Show podcast. And while you're there, I'd really appreciate it if you left a five-star rating or review if you feel it merited that. At the same time, if you'd like to connect with me, the best place to do so is on Instagram. You can find me. I am at healthpreneur. And be sure to tune in and subscribe to our YouTube channel on YouTube. Just search healthpreneur and you'll find all of our great videos there as well. That's all for today. I appreciate your time and your attention. Keep doing the meaningful work that you are doing, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.